You are listening to Bold Leadership, Episode 18, Leadership and Creativity with Jason Baffrey and Destiny Creative. Bold Leadership, the science of winning with your host, Dave Evans. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Dave Evans here. Welcome to the Bold Leadership Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Bold Leadership Podcast is produced every other Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.theevansgp.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud favorites. You can also follow me on Twitter, at The Bold Leader, and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Jason Baffrey is a creative and versatile communications professional with 20 years experience in broadcasting, marketing, and public media relations. Baffrey is a voiceover talent, video producer, television and radio host, writer, and professional event announcer. His experience also includes public and media relations, business development, and marketing. Currently, Jason is principal and creative content producer for Destiny Creative, a creative agency in Oklahoma City specializing in web design, video production, and other content production and management. He recently launched the Oklahoma Talking Co. podcast and blog. Jason lives in Edmond, Oklahoma with his wife, Kathy. They have three daughters and one son and a loving black lab. Jason, I am thrilled to have you on the show and look forward to your thoughts on the importance of leadership, how it's impacted your work, and the challenges you have faced while building Destiny Creative from the ground up. Also, check out his blog at destinycreative.co, especially his social image guide. It is outstanding. Welcome to Bold Leadership. Thank you, Dave. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I, I tell you what, what you, you are Mr. Creative. You are all things creative in my mind. And if you're looking for a person to help you with your creative needs, uh, I hear great things about their company and they're doing great things in the city. Well, I appreciate that and certainly couldn't do it. Uh, one thing I forgot to include in in some of that stuff, I mean, I have a partner in business, Destiny Creative Co., Nathan Davis, and he handles the web design, a lot of the graphic design. In fact, that even uh, that social image uh, outline that you talked about is something that Nathan did. My specialty is the video production, but we both kind of dabble on either side. But we have a great working relationship, and uh, you know, we just love the creative process, storytelling, and you know, really letting people know about other people and their stories. Well, it takes a team to build anything great, and it sounds like you have a great partner and teammate in Destiny Creative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been we're actually coming up on three years working together, and it's just been the two of us. And uh, we're getting to a point where we we're probably going to have to expand. And it's been uh, it's been an exciting ride, and we've got some great clients, and have been able to tell some powerful stories about some fantastic organizations around Oklahoma City. Jason, what is your favorite leadership quote? Theodore Roosevelt, who is somebody that uh, he's got a lot of quotes out there and a lot of great things. I mean, certainly one of our our great presidents. And uh, he has a quote that says, far better it is to dare mighty things, to win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to take rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy nor suffer too much because they live in the gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. So uh, I think we could probably boil that down to uh, another great uh, advertising slogan, which is just do it. Jason, that is, I've heard some good quotes on the show, but I tell you, that touches my heart. It's a great quote. It, it 
talks about being creative and going after your dreams. I, thank you for sharing that with me and the rest of the Bold Nation. Yeah, and it's you know it's just one of those things where you know I feel like we can get settled into our lives and we don't take chances, especially from a creative element. We might just want to do the same thing over and again, and and we try to keep. You want to try to keep stretching yourself, uh, try new things, and don't let. Strangely enough, and I don't want to get too far ahead in the interview, but you know I have probably somewhere subconsciously a fear a failure sometimes. And so it, it's often a challenge for me to take a step out there. And um, I've taken the strengths finder test. I'm deliberative, number one. I I think about things quite a bit before I do them. But I like to, I like the idea of taking some risks and doing things differently, um, you know, stepping outside of the box when I can. That doesn't surprise me, Jason, because you are a race car driver. Um, and you love fast and loud. So I'm a little bit surprised in the fact that you're not a risk taker as a race car driver, but I appreciate your method of handling challenges and, and, and taking those challenges on because let, let's face it, driving race cars and flying jet airplanes, you know, you're, you're used to a little bit of risk and accepting those challenges. I really found uh, through the Strengths Finder test that deliberative was my number one because it, it kind of offended me a little bit because I've been driving race cars most of my life. Uh, I love to ride motorcycles, as you mentioned. I like things that are fast and loud. So the idea that I, I was unwilling to take risks or really thought through things didn't make sense to me. In business endeavors and, and projects, I do kind of think through things. Ultimately, I end up in a place where I'm, you know, I want to stretch the boundaries or step outside of the box, but it takes me a little bit to get there sometimes. Well, we all understand that because most of us are fairly conservative in what we do, and it's scary for anybody to step out of their comfort zone and do something different. In your mind, what is the biggest leadership challenge you have overcome? It's a difficult question. Um, you know, I think the biggest challenge for me is even accepting myself as a leader, it's it's something that I don't think about naturally. Um, you know, I end up in those positions, and if I'm in a group of people and there needs to be decisions made, I'm willing. You know, I like to feel the group out a little bit, but then I am willing to take charge. But I think accepting the leadership role is one of the biggest leadership challenges that I have sometimes. So. If you have a challenge accepting a leadership role, how have you overcome that in your life? Because I think that's a common challenge for most people. You know, it's it's scary to know you're in charge and you're responsible for a group of people and their success. Yeah, in overcoming it, I think you just have to get to a point. And I think in my mind, I let it go for a little bit. And then I'm like, okay, nobody else is getting this done. I've got to do it. Or, you know, I have the most experience or the most knowledge or I have a good group around me, but they need some direction and just say, tell yourself, now's the time, you know, you are the person to do this. You are the person to lead this team or lead this project and you do have the experience and, and the knowledge. So let's get it done. Well, that's great advice for people that are concerned about stepping into a leadership role. So do you have any lessons learned from that experience that you could share with the bold nation? 
You know, I actually, I don't have any great anecdotes off the top of my head. I mean, I go back to the ask to become the general manager of the Texas Motorplex, which is a um, very famous drag racing facility in Texas, uh, outside of Dallas, from the world's uh, first kind of super track for drag racing. And, and I, I took the title and used that as my method of leadership. Basically, you know, I'm in charge and we're going to do it my way. And that's not, that's not the way to be a good leader, you know, over the years. And I would certainly, if I were in a position like that or a facility or an organization where there were a lot of people, a lot of employees, a lot of different events and things like that, I would approach that differently and be more of a team effort. And I, thought going into that, that I would be, you know, focused on, you know, it's the team and I wanted everybody's opinion, but I just didn't approach it the right way. And I didn't think about the people's individual strengths and relating to them in a good way. And so through that failure in my mind, um, and it probably wasn't a failure. I mean, I did a good job in the most part of, you know, functioning the facility, but I did not have good relationships with my team. And, you know, as a result, there were hard feelings and, and things like that. So I would certainly approach that differently. And I mean, this was over 10 years ago. So I've learned a lot since then. That That's an interesting comment. And it's very true to just about everybody in their first leadership challenge. It's kind of hard to understand where to fit in and how to do it if nobody's taking the time to develop you and teach you those lessons. Um, so I, I truly appreciate that comment. What do you see as the biggest leadership challenge companies face today? More importantly, Desti Creative faces today. Well, we're probably in a different situation because, I mean, we're not dealing with the staff. I mean, it's two of us. So we have to work interrelationally with each other, um, both on a business standpoint and a creative um creative way. And that's always, you know, everybody's different. And, and my partner, Nathan, has different strengths than I have. But we're both creative. We both want to do things the right way and do the best quality. But we have different standards and different ways of approaching things. Um, so I think being able to work with other people is certainly something that's important. But I think approaching a, like a, if I were in an organization with a bigger team and a leadership role, I think really accepting everybody's individual strength. Now, that, that doesn't mean you run everything by committee and take a vote on everything, but you certainly weigh in to who's best developed to handle certain tasks, who are the best people to be working together, all of those things, uh, looking at the personal aspect and the personal strengths of your team, I think is something that that is really important in leadership today. I couldn't agree more. What was your lightning bolt moment that said, I'm not going to be a, a race announcer anymore. I'm going to step out. I'm going to create my own company. I'm going to start a podcast. And I'm going to go it on my own. What, what drove you to that decision? And, and have you had an I made it moment yet? <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I feel like I've done everything backwards. My I have made it moment really came early in my career. I mean, I had an opportunity to do what I had dreamed of doing like in the first stages of my career, I was on a national television show covering a sport that I loved. I mean, I was on TNN, ESPN2, Fox Sportsnet, covering the fastest, loudest, most exciting sport in the world, working with 
side by side with one of my heroes. I mean, the reason that I got into that particular business, I had the opportunity to work with the guy that had been kind of my inspiration. Not a lot of people, I don't think, get the opportunity to experience that or say that they have done that. So early on, I was like, I've made it. This is it. And then kind of the rug got yanked out from under me and it was all, you know, political things and television networks and corporations and things like that. And one of those deals where you have the, uh, you know, the cakewalk and the music stops and, and you're left without a chair. And that's kind of where I ended up. And I thought I'd be in that career for my entire life. And this was in my mid-20s I was there. And, I, and then it ended and I'm like, well, what do I do now? So it's been a constant process of trial and error and learning and, and, and doing different things, trying different things, experimenting, failing through that entire process. So I don't know if I've necessarily had a lightning bolt moment, but certainly when um, Nathan and I partnered up together and we offset each other and complement each other in so many ways in business and our creative approach, that it was the catalyst that I needed to put me in the position where I am now. So having a business that is creative and doing the types of things that I'm doing now has always been something that I've wanted to do, but I needed that other person to kind of ground me or or, or maybe even shove me to, to really be able to get there. Because as I mentioned, I have a fear of failure. So I think I got into some situations where I was like, I could have done it, but I probably hindered myself. But being in this situation in partnership, it really kind of lifts me up and we support each other in so many ways. Um, you know, and, and if I'm having a down day, he's in an up day. And if he's having a down day, I'm an update and we continually lift each other up and push each other in our creative process. And so it really works out well. That is great to hear. Now, one thing that I found very interesting is that you also play the saxophone, which shows me more of your creative side. I would love to be able to be able to play an instrument, but I have fat fingers and not nearly that talented. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, yeah, well, my very- fingers aren't exactly skinny, so. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I just think they move faster than mine do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I actually started college as a uh, as a music major, and I played uh, played saxophone. I was I love jazz music. I love all kinds of music, but um, have played jazz since uh, you know since I was a teenager, and it's been interesting. I think that the the ideas and the theories around jazz, the improvisational thing, certainly um, attributes to creativity and enhances creativity and it, and it spurs you when you play music and you're just kind of left to your own devices and, and you've got kind of a baseline and then it's like, okay, now go do whatever you want to do for the most part. Um, you know, I think you can start applying those things and, and that attitude gets in you over the years and, and you approach different things in life that way. So I have a tendency to, I'm not the best planner. Uh, I'm really good at working on the, on the fly and improvising as things go away uh, or go along. Not always the best uh, method of doing things probably. And I know that uh, somebody like you, who's been a, a leader for a long time in a structured environment um, such as the air force, it probably would drive you crazy. But uh, but for me, it's the way it's the way that I work. It's the way that I've always worked. So I do need more structure. Um, 
you know, and, and <laughs> it's just one of those things. So, so trying to find that happy medium between living a life of improvisation and, and finding some structure to really get things done and done the right way in a timely manner. I think you hit a key point and, and I'm not sure if you realize it, but the challenge with leadership is balancing being overly planning and overly prepared and not being able to adapt in the same sense as you're overly adaptive and not prepared. You ha- it's really a balance in the middle. And it took it took me about probably 15 years to figure that out. You know, the rules are the rules. And that's how I started my life flying airplanes. But as I got older and as I was developed more, I understood that, you know, you have to work in a dynamic environment and be able to think on your feet. Everything is not as you seem. And, you know, your skills that you have today are a lot easier to adapt to a planning style than it is to be a black and white planner and adapt to a uh, a, a style where you have to improvise and, and you're you're trying to think on your feet. It's an interesting dynamic, and I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that great leaders, people that are really good at handling any situation, can operate, can work in both environments. Yeah, and especially being in the creative world, I mean, we – we couldn't do what we do if we were black and white structured. There's a box and we keep everything in that box. It just doesn't work when you are trying to create, you know, whether it's graphics or a great video or a website that's new and interesting and different and innovative. I don't think you can do all of those things if you keep yourself completely tied down to uh, a structure. You have to improvise and, and be willing to draw, draw outside of the lines sometimes. I couldn't agree with you more. What is the really exciting thing about your business today? I mean, what are you guys fired up about that you're doing that's getting ready to come out or that nobody knows about or something you just want to share with us that's exciting about your business today? It's it's really a great time for you to ask that question, Dave, because we are we are experiencing something that's just been incredible. I mean, the, in the last few weeks, we've we've grown. And the way to for me to answer that question, I mean, we've got so many things going on. Um, certainly, Oklahoma Talking Company, OklahomaTalking.co is our podcast and blogging network. And we're, we're just continuing to add great content to that. And it's a lot of fun. It's a passion project for us. It's something that we love telling local stories and so that's been that's really exciting for us right now but from the destiny creative side we have the opportunity to work with some amazing clients and tell some incredible stories about um good things i mean are, we are fortunate that we work with several nonprofit organizations and we've been able to tell their stories both in in print and web and through video and Quite honestly, I mean, we, I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm a Christ follower. I want to spread the message of a gospel but not beat, pe- beat people over the head with it. And there are some organizations around Oklahoma City that are really doing some great things. So being able to share those stories, uh, the stories of foster care, of homelessness, and people that are doing things to end those issues, um, we have the opportunity to to do that right now and seriously spread the message of a gospel and loving community. And, and, and it fires us up. I mean, it fires me up that we get to share those stories and let people know what's going on there and that there is good in this world where we're inundated with so many 
negative stories, negative talking heads. Of course, we're coming into the election race. We're getting all of that going on. Um, and we have the opportunity to tell stories of good right now. And it's, it's very rewarding for us. Well, there is nothing more important in life than giving back. And I, I think your experience and your, your ability to share and communicate the gospel and to help people that need help. Our nation needs more leaders, in my opinion, that do their part to help their communities. We want to get out of a hole as a nation and, and create safer, better communities. It's up to us to step out of our front door, meet our neighbors, go downtown, work in a soup kitchen, and pick people up and give them a route to success. I think anymore I see too many people thinking it's a, a government problem, um, not necessarily a personal problem. And I personally believe that it, through the church and through our efforts – as as citizens, that we can do a lot more to help the community uh, combined than the government could ever do, and it's kind of the American way in my mind. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and let me flash back a minute. You asked about my lightning bolt moment, and it kind of just hit me when when that was, but kind of in a different uh, standpoint. Um, it was last year, the year before. I was talking to uh, my partner Nathan, and then another friend of ours, and I was saying, you know, I feel like. You know, as I mentioned earlier, my my the big portion of my career when I felt like I was really accomplished was when I was doing this TV show and people recognized me. And but it was all about me. And and I was saying, I feel like you know I haven't back there yet. I'm not doing what I'm necessarily supposed to be doing. And they said, you're probably making more of an impact now than you ever made doing that because you were telling stories that are impacting people's lives, that are um, inspiring people to do good things. And it had never hit me until that moment. I'm like, you're right. Everything that I experienced before was for me. It was selfish endeavors that, you know, it was the pursuit of, of fame and fortune. And, and I really never achieved either of those things. I mean, I had a, a minimal amount of fame in a niche community, which was cool, but it, I really accept and stand in that place now that my place and the reason that I was made was to be able to tell these stories that help and inspire other people. Uh, we've been fortunate to work with an organization that's been involved with foster care for several years now to be able to tell the story and find homes for kids who don't have loving families. I can't think of anything more important or more impactful in in life than to do something like that to be able to help a child and that's what part of what I'm able to do now and so that lightning bolt moment was when I realized that I am in the place that I'm meant to be I am doing something that is good I am doing what God gave me these gifts to do we hear a lot about a lot of stories about the failures of of foster parents and foster children on TV. My experience locally has been there's a heck of a lot more success stories with families that are adopting children that are great kids that are growing up to be hugely successful uh, members of our society. And And the fact that you're going out and telling that story and getting it out there and getting main media focused on, on the right areas, you know, what, what, are, what are the success stories? What are the impacts? Not all the negative stuff. I think I think we spend way too much time as a country focusing on the negative when there's thousands of positive stories uh, in comparison to the one or two negative stories that are broadcasted all over the media all the time. 
that is just a an amazing thing you're doing. Um, and I love it. I, I'm just, I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm overwhelmed by what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that, Dave. And it is, you know, I, I get me wrong. I mean, foster care and I've done it personally. I mean, it, it's not easy. And anybody that you talk to, I mean, there are challenges that come with that, but there is so much reward. And to think about, I mean, the stories that some of these children have been through are things that come in the worst movies, the worst possible nightmares. I mean, I couldn't even begin to tell you some of the true stories that I have heard uh, of things that kids have experienced. But the fact that there are people out there that are willing to to love these kids and, and make them a part of their family and um, inconvenience their lives. And, and we don't, you're right, we don't hear those stories and we need to hear more of them. And so more people are willing to take step of faith out there and, and do that. And, you know, there, there are bad misconceptions out there and people say, oh, well, I don't want to take so, a, a damaged child into my home. Well, we're all damaged. You know, we were damaged from day from day one. I mean, the minute that, you know, Adam uh, or Eve bit the apple and, and shared it with Adam, we were instantly damaged. And, and I don't think anybody has a story, certainly nobody that I've ever talked to has a story that doesn't involve some sort of damage. So we need to get over ourselves and be willing to help pick people up and lift them and love them and, uh, you know, and help them along their way. That is extremely profound and good for everyone to hear. And I couldn't agree with you more. So here's a question. Are you ready for the rapid fire round? Let's do it. All right. What was your biggest fear when accepting your first leadership challenge? Uh, that I would drive the Texas Motorplex into bankruptcy. I did not do that, by the way. <laughs> that, that's a pretty good fear. I, I have to admit, uh, concern of bankruptcy. I don't know a business owner out there that's starting out that's not afraid of that. Um, do you? Uh, no, not that I know of. And, you know, financial things is not something that I try to worry a lot about. But, yeah, I mean, I wanted to I wanted to improve things more than I wanted to fail, which everybody wants to do. That sounds odd to even say that. But, uh, you know, doing over 90 events per year, there's a great chance of failure there. But we had a we my first year, we had a, a very successful year there. That is great news. What is the best leadership advice you have ever received? It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. That may be the best leadership quote ever, actually. And, <laughs> yeah, and it is and it very actually, true. Yeah, the the owner of the Texas Motorplex, Billy Meyer, said that uh, early on when I was there, and it, I, it has never left me. And obviously, there's situations where that wouldn't apply, but uh, you know, you know, sometimes it's better to just go ahead and take the risk and uh, and do what you know is right and going to work, and then come back and say, well, you know, I know this wasn't the way that you wanted it done, but it, it works. So yeah, my, my, my gauge or my check for that question is, does it break the law or is it immoral? If it, if I'm, if I'm no right. on both of those questions, I'm good to go. That's kind of my, yeah, that's kind of my filter. If you could only choose two websites to obtain all of the information needed to become a better leader, what would they be and why? Uh, a little bit of a difficult question for me because I don't search a lot of leadership websites. Um, I do listen to quite a few podcasts. I would say that right now I'm really into Tim Ferriss, uh, and I have not read his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, but I've looked at his website. I listen to his podcast, and I glean so much information out of that 
because he delves so deeply into talking to his guests and finding out what makes them tick and how their leadership or methods uh, work and how they've made them successful. So there's really some great things to be learned there by listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast. Um, you know, certainly the uh, you can always go to the Bible for great leadership advice. Um, and then uh, Ramsey's Entree Leadership podcast is also very good. Here's the warning to you. If you pick up Tim Ferriss's book, The Forty or The 4-Hour Workweek, you will not put it down. It takes about uh, a day to read um, from experience. I started reading yeah, it. It's a I, great read, and I recommend it to everybody. It's a great book. I definitely want to get it and read it. So I, that goes to the next question, which may be the same answer. What leadership book would you recommend to the Bold Nation? Um, actually, it's not the same answer, and I have a book that's probably one of my my favorite books, and I don't want it to, to come across as sexist, but it is um, Stephen Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and it's a great book for men to read in general, and I think every man should read, but I, women can read it too, to one, learn about men, but it profiles some incredible leaders throughout our history and talks about how their faith impacted their, their leadership and the way they function, so there's a great chapter on Theodore Roosevelt. Winston Churchill, uh, the story of St. Patrick. I mean, the actual story of St. Patrick, which I had never heard before. And I thought it was just a day that everybody wore green and went out and drank a lot. Uh, but there's a, a reason for all of that. And the story itself is fantastic. And so there's just great, each chapter is a different story about a leader throughout history and how their faith applied to their leadership and making them great. And it is really a great read. Uh, the foreword was written by Lieutenant General uh, William Boykin, Jerry Boykin, um, who was the, the guy that founded the, uh, the Delta Force uh, for the Army and is a great leader. So it's, it's just a good book. And, and I, as I said, I encourage every man to read it. But my wife has looked at it, too, and, I mean, she's learned some great things from it. Well, I'm going to check that book out. It's one I haven't read and I love to read. So I will definitely be checking that book out. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning and were hired to replace a well-liked CEO in a failing company. The company has a significant culture problem and lack of focus, which is accelerating its demise. What would you do in the next 30 days in order to change the course of the company? I think that I would probably, you know, get the team together, find out what their strengths were, you know, maybe even apply the strengths finder test uh, to learn some of that and then find, you know, depending on what what kind of company it is, find what they're good at and and renew some focus on getting what they're good at whether it's developing a new product based on something that they've already done that was successful, but really focusing them on, you know, what have we done in the past that has been successful and let's take our team and our strengths and get them refocused on doing what we know how to do and doing it right again and then move on from there. Uh, that's a good answer. Now I'm going to ask you a question a little off off our script because I'm curious. You've mentioned strength finders a couple of times. I'm not sure everybody knows what Strength Finder is. I've heard a lot of great things about the tool and the company. Do you want to talk a little bit about Strength Finders? Because I know you help them with a podcast. Yeah, I'm, and I'm probably not the best person to be talking about it, but uh, we do a show with Rhonda Boyle, certified Strength Finder coach, the Gallup Strength Finder tool. You can go to Gallup Strength Center and find that. 
Um, I took the test myself and you can take the test. It's like 15 bucks. You learn your top five strengths. And at first I was, I reacted poorly to it. I was like, well, this isn't me. I don't know how this applies. And then through learning more about how those strengths work, how they work together, how, you know, everybody has these top 34 strengths. Uh, we all have them and it, it's just the way that it is. It's the way that we were created. And so learning how those work and how they interrelate with other people, um, I think is a good thing to know. I think it's good in learning about yourself. I've taken a lot of personality tests over the years, and this is the one that's really kind of struck me as being the most functional and applicable to not only business, but everyday life. And being able to be here as Rhonda interviews um, many people that have different strengths, I've learned so much uh, about other people and about myself and just how people are applying once they learn these strengths, how they apply them to their business and their life for improvement. And, you know, there's even, you know, you can even apply it to your marriage, improve communication. And there's just so much to be gleaned out of that. So, uh, you know, I didn't mean to turn into an ad for StrengthsFinder today, but it's been so much a part of what I've been doing lately and, ha and how I think about things. I think it's a really great thing. Well, I know you work the podcast, and your company's been instrumental in helping them get kicked off and move forward. Just another feather in your cap for Destiny Creative and all that you're doing in Oklahoma City. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, and certainly uh, being able to share that story and and give Rhonda a platform because she is a. If you don't know Rhonda Boyle, uh, listen to her show, which you can find at OklahomaTalking.co. She is a. Uh, impactful woman and she's she's very high energy and she's fun she's fun to listen to she's fun to be around and she's just one of those people where her energy just infects everyone in positivity around them and so it's been great to be around that i couldn't agree with you more Rhonda is a wonderful person she is just about as nice as she can be and energetic as she can be uh, i've had the privilege of meeting her and she actually introduced us which was wonderful of of, of her of her of her to do yeah, she is definitely a connector. <laughs> well, Jason, it's been a privilege and a pleasure. For everybody out there, please check out David's website at destinycreative.co as well as Oklahoma Talking CO, his podcast and blog with his team at Destiny Creative. It's been a privilege again. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, Dave. Uh, you know, usually I'm the interviewer and not the interviewer. So I hope I didn't uh, stink it up too bad being on this side of things, but it was fun. It's been uh, it's been really interesting, and I appreciate you um, giving me the opportunity to be on here and talk about what we're doing. And uh, I enjoyed being a guest for a change. Well, Jason, I couldn't thank you enough for coming on. You are a you are an industry icon as far as your experience for a young person like me just starting the podcasting experience. I have a lot to learn. I learned a lot from you in our our interview a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I need a better voice. That's what I've learned. But uh. no, I think you're. I think you're great. You certainly have uh, a lot of experience and a wealth of knowledge to share. And uh, just so we can plug, when you'll be on the OKC show, which is one of the shows that we do at Oklahoma Talking Co. that that I host, uh, Dave Dave's show, where he's a guest on our show, will be coming out uh, probably very very soon. Uh, by the time you listen to this podcast, you can go to OklahomaTalking.co and listen to him being a guest on OKC show. I am Dave Evans, and this has been Bold Leadership. Follow Bold Leadership on Twitter at The Bold Leader and Facebook.com slash The Evans GP. To subscribe to Bold Leadership, visit TheEvansGP.com slash podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode of Bold Leadership, 
I would be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes. And remember, be bold. Be bold.